0: Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on live to 110com And you can find this video podcast on the corresponding blog post on the website or on my YouTube channel, Wendy Live to 110. Today, we have a very special guest, Denise Messenger. Uh, she is the author of Got Cancer, Now What. And we're going to be talking about what you should do if you are, in fact, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, this is something that one in two men and one in three women are faced with in the United States, around the world as well. Those are the stats, the US. And it's a devastating diagnosis. And there's so much information uh, that people, they really need to learn and take responsibility for their health. Uh, it's probably not a good idea just to listen to one physician about your treatment protocol. And so I, uh, you know, I do this podcast because I really encourage people to. Take uh, take responsibility for their health and get the information that they need to heal their bodies and to save their lives. So we're going to talk to Denise Messenger today about what to do uh, if you are diagnosed with cancer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or, uh, or health condition, and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment today that we suggest on the show. I have some amazing infrared saunas on the website. Um, I just uh, partnered with uh, a, a really good manufacturer called Sauna Space Saunas, and I'm no longer making them myself. wasn't super happy with the quality. I uh, wanted to take things a notch up, so I definitely recommend uh, to go check out the Sauna Space Saunas on the website, store.liveto110.com. Beautiful saunas—they're all hand lasered, uh, made by by machines uh, the, in a really beautiful manufacturing facility. You can get there's poplar wood ones, um, there's a canvas tents that you can get, and there are little pocket saunas that you can fit in any any size apartment or home. And they're very inexpensive alternatives to the far infrared saunas that cost thousands of dollars. And I think they have a lot more benefits than the typical far infrared sauna. So definitely go check those out in the store. And I'm really excited to announce bodybiorehab.com. Go look at that that website right now. That's going to be my online health program that talks about the five pillars of regaining your health, your diet, using the modern paleo diet, uh, stress, reducing stress, um, taking supplements, um, also uh, exercise, we're going to be entertaining videos of me exercising in the program and, um, how to detox. I think those are extremely important facets, uh, to health that people need to be tending to. And I tell you, you know, all my tips and tricks that I've used to heal my health and, um, you know, give you all the tips and, you know, research that I've done over the past five, six years, seven years, and I'm just going to condense that into an inexpensive online health program, a 30-day program that you can follow, and it's going to be $49. So go sign up to get more information at BodyBioRehab.com when that launches. Now for a little bit about our guest. Denise Messenger is the award-winning author of Got Cancer? Now What? A Lay Person's Guide to the Newly Diagnosed. Her book is a winner in the 2013 International Book Awards and received the 2012 Elite Gold Medal Award for Excellence. She was also featured in InspireMeToday.com as Today's Brilliance. Because of her love for the written word, she continues to write by contributing articles to magazines, newsletters, and journals, and she is often a guest speaker at major health conferences. Currently, she is the radio host of the show Health Media Now, which can be found at Blog Talk Radio. Dot com slash health media now where expert guests comprised of authors, doctors, practitioners, and healthcare providers entertain and share their cutting edge information. I was recently a guest on there. I was very honored to be a guest to talk about my upcoming modern paleo survival guidebook, which will hopefully be out at the end of the year. <laughs> well Denise, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and about your background?
1: Well, um, relative to the book that I wrote, Got Cancer Now What? for the newly diagnosed, Um, I myself am a cancer survivor. So during the process of trying to get rid of it, um, I decided to write a book to help others. And I'm completely cured I was diagnosed with two different types of cancer at the same time. Mm. So I hit the lottery. And rather than look at it from a negative aspect, I decided to put a positive uh, spin on it. And so as a result, I think it was very, very helpful in cur- <laughs> curing both my cancers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, your desk, I think, uh, broke <laughs> behind you.
1: <laughs> I know I was <laughs> I
0: cheaped it. <laughs> Everything's falling apart.
1: Because
0: otherwise it kind of <laughs> ugly, right? Oh, it's fine. I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's amazing. That's, that's an amazing story that, uh, and I read that you were actually in stage four cancer when you were researching and writing your book. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Right. Well, the chronic lymphocytic leukemia was very serious, and when I was initially diagnosed with it, they said, oh, you'll probably um, live into old age with it, but because of stress in my life, um, instead of it just staying where it was, it decided to accelerate, and at quite a rapid pace, so before I knew it, there I was with stage four, and I had to make a lot of really important decisions about my treatment, particularly when I was diagnosed with them both at the same time and the breast cancer was there. So rather than listening to my oncologist relative to the treatment protocol that he wanted to give me, I started doing a lot of research. And I decided that, no, I'm not going to go really aggressive with it because if I do, it could... Um, accelerate the CLL. And the protocol wouldn't address the CLL. It was only going to address the breast cancer. So I decided to just have surgery, have the lump taken out, and then I did alternative complementary medicine for eight months. And it was really, really hard because it was life changing. I had to change my diet. I had to change. Um, my lifestyle, everything that was chemical related came out of my house. (laughs) Everything that went on my face came, came off. (laughs) And, um, and then I had to start eating organically. So it was a lot going on simultaneously. And that's as a result, you know, I was cured. Yeah. And that was 10, much longer than 10 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I think this is such a great book because, uh, I mean, there's so many people, you know, one in three people, one in three men, one in, or one in two men, one in three women, um, being diagnosed with cancer. Correct. And, and, uh, and including my, my husband's uncle, uh, just got diagnosed uh-huh. with colon cancer and it's hard to know what to do. It's hard it to is. know what to do, and there's, everyone's telling you to do something different, mm-hmm. uh, do this treatment, do natural, do chemo, do this and that. And so I think this is a, a really great book for people who have this overwhelming diagnosis and then just don't know what to do. There's so much information out there.
1: Right. And, and what I found, too, is that once you receive your initial diagnosis, you don't know it, but you're in shock and denial. And people can go anywhere from four to six months in that state. How in the world are you supposed to make life-changing, life-altering, life-saving decisions? Very, very tough. Very, very
0: tough. So why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, how likely are people to get cancer? Let's talk a little bit. I mentioned like a rough statistic, but can you talk a little bit more in detail Well, the
1: statistics are growing. Uh, Today it's expected that one out of every three will will get cancer in their lifetime. That's really, really high. Yeah. And why is that? You really have to ask yourself, what is going on? Well, what's going on is that our food sources are um, basically the mineral content is being depleted because of the soil. Um, you know, they don't put minerals back in the soil in these large corporate farming um, industries so that's why a lot of times you want to go organic although recently i've learned that even in the organic farms they don't necessarily put back <laughs> the good mineral content either
0: no some of them use the chemical npk fertilizers that are giving you know nitrogen potassium and uh, phosphorus and that's that's it
1: mm-hmm. exactly so so you have that and then you have all the toxicities in our environment in our air, in our water, on and on. Mm -hmm. And generally people don't think about it. You just don't think about it on a day-to-day basis, the fact that your body has to process all these toxins. So what do you do? Well, what you need to do is you need to detoxify at least once or twice a year. And there's all kinds of practitioners out there that can help with that. You know, I'm not an expert in it whatsoever, I just happen to know the practitioners that are. Yeah, yeah. And it really is important because it, it puts a heavy load on your kidneys, on your liver, on your lungs. And what happens? Your immune function stops. It just stops. And out of that, you end up with cancer and all kinds of different types of illnesses. Yeah. And if you have any kind of genetic disposition, then you're going to probably be more apt to get certain cancers over others.
0: Yeah, I was kind of upset. I recently had some genetic testing, twenty three andmecom dot com, and uh, had a full went to Sterling Zap, got a full you know readout of what all that that means, and I found out that I have a tendency for estrogen dependent cancers. Because I don't, my body doesn't metabolize estrogen so fabulously. Uh, um, so, did you
1: check your levels to find out what your levels are? No, I am. I'm just about to do a
0: test. I'm just about oh, to do some hormone oh, you're testing. In the process? Yeah, I'm just about to do some hormone testing to find out what's going on with my liver functioning and estrogen levels, etc. Um, but, but yeah, but yeah, now I'm I'm getting taking more precautions, doing more coffee enemas to help the liver, which mm. metabolizes estrogen. Uh, st- I stopped coffee. Um, because how
1: about infrared sauna.
0: Oh yeah. I do infrared sauna. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, love I, my I have one of those. Yeah. Love, love, love my sauna. Yeah. I'm drinking some green juice. <laughs> oh, Help my you body detox a little bit. <laughs> this is my little daily baby detox. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, That's but it's, good. it's good to get that information cause it gets you on point. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about how one can prevent cancer?
1: Well, um, it's by keeping your immune function really strong. And there's a multitude of things that you can do. Um, vitamin D, almost everyone has very low levels of vitamin D. And so, one of the best things you can do is up your intake of vitamin D supplementation, along with getting a little bit more sun. You know, direct sun is also very good. Yeah. I mean, all you need is 15 minutes a day. Yeah. But even that, I'm not convinced is enough overall to, to get your levels up. I have my levels checked all the time and I still am having issues with getting it up to like in the 60 range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the 30 range. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's also really good for flu prevention to have your vitamin D levels up. Yeah. And then also, of course, you're eating, um, trying to keep your sugar intake as low as possible. Um, it's almost impossible to do <laughs> almost every, every, uh, restaurant every uh packaged good in the grocery store has so much sugar in it yeah. even yogurt has sugar in it everything has sugar in it yeah i know i just quit
0: sugar um i went really got really really serious about it um, i had no sugar for a week and i'm doing okay i, I can't believe i survived
1: <laughs> oh it is it's one it's of the so toughest. hard it, it's really really oh, hard gosh. to do <laughs>
0: um, i'm taking an herb called Gymnena. Uh, gimnena Uh Um, that really helps with sugar cravings. I think that's helped me quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, what is it? uh, Chromium or one of those helps too. Yeah. Yeah. Chromium for sure. Is it, is it that one? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, because the sugar, did you know that once you, um, eat something with sugar in it, it lowers your immune system for five to six hours. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah. It's shocking. It is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I've also heard that, uh, when you when you're eating sugar, that raises your insulin level, and there's right. a lot of insulin dependent cancers. Cancers that yes. feed that feed on insulin.
1: Yes, yes, that that's correct as well. Yeah. So, um, and then there's all kinds of antioxidants that you can take to also help. Um, a lot of mushroom, you know, like reishi mushroom is really good. Um, I take quite a bit of it to keep my immune system up and strong. It works for me. Uh, and then, obviously, like I said, your diet. Your diet is everything, and getting enough sleep, and probably even if you do all of those things that we just talked about, if you have tremendous stress in your life, it'll it'll negate everything. Yeah, everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It, I think it's the, one of the number one causes of illness and disease. You know, it leads to adrenal fatigue and whole host of other problems in the body. It's like a domino effect. hmm We have to find a way to reduce stress.
1: Yeah. I theres mean, there, its it's a lot of, you know, exercise or meditation or acupuncture or massage therapy. I mean, there's so much out there to help you with that. You just have to go find what works for you.
0: Yeah, you just have to spend all your free time de-stressing. <laughs> all that's, all, t- that's all you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It takes a lot of time to be healthy. It's like a full-time job. It, oh, really it
1: really does. Really does. <laughs> so that you could add on how many years of life expectancy. Yeah. we don't know. Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about you know what does what should someone do if they're diagnosed with cancer? What's the first steps they should take?
1: Well, one of the most important things is finding the right practitioner to help you. A lot of times you're referred. To one particular doctor and you go with it but what I like to encourage people to do is to think outside the box and to do some research um, particularly about the cancer that you have and what's available out there and and don't be afraid to bring that information with you to to a couple of different practitioners or oncologists and and ask them about these various treatments. They don't have the time to keep up on all the latest research. That's why a lot of times they know specific researchers at, 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 at specific universities and they'll call them about your issue. But that's still only one other take on what it is you have. So it's really important to do that. Because yeah, have choices, you have choices that you can make.
0: Yeah, I I do get word of I had a for people that they they get their doctor, they're assigned their oncologist, and they just do what they say, just blindly without doing yes. any research, getting no information, just doing what they say, and it's always going to be chemo and radiation, never mm-hmm. going to be alternative stuff yeah. or supportive nutritional therapy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's detox, et cetera, and um, that worries me. I think the doctor only has so much time to de- yeah. dedicate it to your case. And as it, an individual, it, no one's going to care as much as you about your right. overall outcome and your health. Right.
1: Right. It's, it's your life. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, the, the emotional side of being the recipient of cancer is very difficult. It's difficult for, for the patient and it's difficult for the family involved. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult for the friends that are around you. Nobody wants to, to, to say to you, go do this treatment. Nobody wants that responsibility. So where does it lie? It lies within you. Yeah. And you really shouldn't put that on somebody else. And that's the toughest part. It's kind of like, oh, I have a 50-50 chance here of maybe this working, maybe this not working. So which way am I going to go? <laughs> and is do you think
0: there is an issue with if you go to a, a typical medical doctor, which everyone does if they have mm-hmm. medical insurance, Is there an issue with that doctor only legally being able to offer you chemo and radiation?
1: They do have a legal obligation. Uh, They typically have set um, protocols for set cancers. So sometimes they can can mix their concoctions. Sometimes they, they don't. Now, there's a really valuable test out, and it's through a doctor, uh, Robert Nagorny, and he's based out of Long Beach, California. And what he does is he takes the pieces of a tumor, or he takes the blood, and it's, it's a blood assay test in vitro, which means it's inside a test tube, but it's alive. The blood is alive, and they will expose it, the cells, to a multitude of different chemotherapy drugs and at the end of one week they actually produce a report that they can give to a patient that shows you what you're sensitive to and what you're not sensitive to i love that so oh my gosh now you have this report that says oh fluidarbine. that will kill the cancer cells but oh this other drug not at all wow I love that. I think that, that's that's amazing to
0: do an individual test to see what you respond it is. to.
1: Um, you know, for some people uh they don't have the financial means to pay for it. And some insurance carriers in the past would contribute towards the cost, but they would never pay for it in full. And it can run around four thousand dollars, three 000 to four thousand dollars, which is a lot. Yeah. But if you look at it, you go, Well, is that a lot when you consider it's gonna tell me that this this chemotherapy protocol I'm going to go through for at least eight months has a higher probability of working than not working. Yeah, I I found it very valuable and I found it valuable for myself, obviously. And it took a long time to find him and to find out that there was a test that existed because unfortunately a lot of oncologists, they either don't believe in it or they don't refer you to have it done. Yeah, And for me, it was the most life-saving thing to know about it
0: yeah because i mean with chemo i mean it it's rough i mean my my father died of cancer he died of his cancer treatments uh more uh, accurately but he did chemo and he lost 120 pounds in five months he couldn't eat um so for and i don't i don't think chemo is the right option for everyone i think it depends on the cancer it, um, does. it uh, does. Everyone's, everyone's different. Uh, the cancers are different. Yeah. People's res- response are different to different treatments. Um, but uh, right. for people that are undergoing chemo, um, is there anything that can help uh, with easing the
1: symptoms of chemo? If you can find a practitioner that will work with your oncologist or vice versa, if you choose not to go the chemo way and you're working with a practitioner, there there are herbal supplements out there and vitamins that can help. But you have to be under the care of a doctor or a practitioner that knows what they're doing. Yeah. And that is willing to work and they're willing to work together because you, you potentially could negate your treatment yeah. by using certain ones. You, you know, I would never recommend doing it on your own. Never. yeah uh, For me, I had an entire village I had vet practitioners, I had acupuncturists, I had herbalists, I had oncologists. I mean, it was just unbelievable, all the people that, that surrounded me to help. Yeah. But again, some, some people either don't have the financial means or they live in a small town where they don't have access to that sort of thing. I mean, there's so many variables involved. Are, are there any
0: therapies that, that you recommend uh, once someone's diagnosed with cancer, like some that just are really helpful for a lot of cancer patients? I,
1: I, really, I really can't because, like I said, everybody's such an individual. And let's just say that Susie is diagnosed with breast cancer and Chris is diagnosed with breast cancer. They can go to the exact same oncologist But they may not necessarily be treated the same because because the tumor markers may be different. They're at different stages of their cancers. Uh, One is operable, one may not be operable. I mean, it's crazy. It's just craziness. It really is. Um, One has a genetic component to it, another one doesn't. One is estrogen positive, one isn't. So, you know, that's just a primary example. And so when
0: someone's diagnosed with cancer, what is the typical diet, um, that they should be eating?
1: Well, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of physicians will recommend that, that you eat, um, you know, high protein. There's Mm -hmm. others, there's others that, that recommend that you strictly go, go with a vegetarian type diet. For me personally, I ended up really craving protein. And of course, I had weight to gain because I'd lost quite a bit of weight before I started treatment. So for me, I was eating a lot of protein, a lot of vegetables. I pretty much was eating whatever the heck I wanted yeah. <laughs> and what my body was craving, of course, excluding sugar.
0: Yeah. So you were eating meat? Uh, yes, animal I was. protein.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's I've heard because... that. I've heard that
0: generally people should go vegan. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's, uh, I'm sure. It, of course it depends on the person.
1: I th- I think it really does. Um, when you have like mine was a blood cancer. So I was having a breakdown of red blood cells and, and I had an, an abnormally high white blood count. So I was craving, craving the, the meats and all to replace my red blood cells that have been cra- crowded out. Yeah. Whereas somebody else, you know, they have cancer, but their, their blood may be fine. It's just that, you know, they've got a tumor that they don't want to continue to feed. And so they're probably going to be, rec- you know, it's could Probably um, a physician might want to recommend that they, they, um, you know, cut out a lot of the carbs in their diet. Outside of vegetables, so they're not feeding the tumor. So, it's it's a tough deal. Easy um, about it. Is there anything else that you want
0: to to tell the listeners about? You know what they should do if they're diagnosed with cancer.
1: Well, they probably should um, should get my book because you know it took me two and a half years to write it, and in that process, they're going to learn everything there is. In other words, it's a guide. It's a guide that will tell them all the things that they need to do. You know what to look out for if they are hospitalized. What are the, the foods that that they um, it's recommended that they eat? Um, what kind of tests are available? Um, what are what are the um, side effects of potential radiation? And what they which, what they should look out for relative to tests that involve radiation. Uh, and then, of course, you know, how to interview an oncologist or a physician. What are the questions they need to ask? Because you have a very limited amount of time when you go in to visit them. Yeah. So I actually have questions in there for them. Uh, so, you know, I did all the work for them. It's all there. Gut cancer, now what?
0: Yeah, <laughs> And are there, are there any other tips or that, that you think the listener should know? Like what kind of other is, do you have like a step-by-step process they should go to? Like a, there's a, is there a list um, they kind of have to check? Yeah, mark chapter,
1: off? yeah. Kind of chapter by chapter, really, you know, um, this is the book here and um, just going through the content list. Um, I cover the emotional factors, hospitalization, medical insurance, visiting your doctor, selecting doctors, finding oncologists, finding a surgeon. Surgeons are very important. Um, And then I talk about what is cancer, um, the survival rates, complementary and alternative medicine. I go into um, the blood and the immune system, which is very important for people to know about. Um, You'll even learn how to read your blood tests. And um, and then I talk about hormones and the toxins and inflammation and chemo brain that can happen from chemotherapy and body detoxification. I mean, it's a pretty thorough book on just about every aspect that, that um, a cancer patient is going to run across. Yeah. Well, I really commend you for
0: writing this book, especially under the duress that you're under when you had the stage four cancer. And I, I think it's uh, really a must read for anyone who's newly diagnosed or anyone who is currently yeah, diagnosed. Even if you,
1: if you have um, reoccurring cancer, it's yeah. good for that too, because you're going to start the process all over again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And why do you think the cancers reoccur?
0: I, I've heard that when you do chemo, that it may not kill the stem cells of the cancer. Okay. And then, the, you know, five or six years on their tumor can, can regrow. Uh, what is your theory behind the rec- recurrence rates?
1: I think there's a multitude of reasons. Again, um, sometimes people will go back to the exact same lifestyle that they had prior to treatment. So what is your outcome going to be? Well, you don't know, but there is a possibility. <laughs> if, you, if your body is, is uh, full of toxicity again and your immune system is lowered again, we all carry cancer cells in us every single day. We all have them. It's the immune system that takes them out. Yeah. So you already have a weakness for a particular type of cancer. Um, it's very difficult to kill every single little cell, no matter what treatment you get. So again, if you go back to the lifestyle you had before, and you still have a few of those little cells circulating around, and your immune system is like down in the dumps again, you're stressed out, you're exhausted, you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, what are the possibilities? I don't know what the statistical data is on that. All I know for myself is I don't wish to ever get there again. So you kind of have to have a self-discipline and a belief. And the component that is also really important is your emotional stability and your outlook on life. They do have statistical data in studies that show that people, once they're um, diagnosed with cancer, if they have a negative attitude about it, and if a physician says to them, you're going to be dead in three months, guess what? They buy into it. They believe in it. They're dead in three months. Yeah. yeah. If your attitude is such that I don't, I don't don't buy into that. There's gotta be something out there. I know there's something out there, but it takes work. It's tremendous amount of work and you have to set aside the, the emotional trauma that you're in and and try to open up your mind to the fact that there is something else out there and you have to go find it. And then you have to keep trying different things. And obviously it works for people that, that have more time. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you know, um, we had a family member, and she was diagnosed with lung cancer. And by the time she was diagnosed, it was everywhere. You know, it had metastasized to everywhere. And in that case, that's 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 a pretty pretty tough one. Yeah, and and I think uh, that
0: I really implore people to. Really listen to their bodies and tune in because so many, like friends or family members, and other stories I've heard of uh, the people that are diagnosed with cancer, they have symptoms. They have fatigue. Yes. They get unrelenting fatigue a year, two years before they're diagnosed. So, people, if you are getting fatigue, you need to start looking into the cause. There's something mm-hmm. wrong if you have fatigue. That's the first well, thing. They'll, sim-
1: they'll have symptoms too. Mm-hmm. Pain. Uh huh. And like I said, that denial thing is a, is a, is a very interesting component of it. Um, because you don't want to know. You have a lump somewhere. You don't want to know what it is because it frightens you and fear will stop you. It'll stop you in your tracks from doing anything. It's easier just to, to go, Oh, I, it's, it's nothing. I don't need to, to be worried about it and continue on and courage there's very few people that that have courage
0: yeah I know I, um, I I can only imagine if you've been living a not so healthy lifestyle and then you're diagnosed with cancer and you have to do 100% reversal if you're doing some alternative therapy or doing juicing every day you know three yeah. or six cups of juice which make me want to barf um, <laughs> And then eating tons of vegetables, cooking fresh food, yes. not getting yep. pr- fast food or frozen food and things like that, and re- reducing stress, and maybe working less hours, and, 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 and. I mean, that that's tough. I mean, that does, that yeah. takes courage. Yes. It does. Yes.
1: Yeah. And it takes d- courage, takes planning, and commitment. Yeah. The two big Cs, courage and commitment.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's huge. And then you have to do infrared sauna every day. Why don't we talk a little bit about infrared saunas and the, the vast benefits? Well, they have?
1: Well, um, yeah, a lot of people um, don't know what an infrared sauna is, but um, what it does is it's not a wet sauna. It's dry, and they're literally they're heat lamps of infrared light. And what it does is it heats up your body. Um, you can set the temperature of the actual unit itself. Up to like 145 degrees. I can't take 145 degrees. It just doesn't work for me anymore. But it does penetrate. Into your body two inches. And that's why. When they've analyzed the perspiration. And the sweat. They can actually see the chemical load. In the sweat. Because it's it's baking it. Out of your fatty tissue. And that's where. The toxins live. So. When, when you start an infrared um, protocol, you basically have to take it slow at first because it it is kind of tough. (laughs) You know, you have to start out like 15 minutes, you know, and then work your way up. But you also, um, what um, I know what my practitioner was doing was giving me a lot of supplements and minerals before I even got in the sauna. Yeah because you can deplete those out of you and then you're not going to feel good at all.
0: Yeah, you do. You've got to be on a, a serious minerals, re- remineralization yeah.
1: program. before yeah. You're doing they, infrared um, sauna. Infrared saunas were used in a program with the firemen that were exposed to the nine 11 toxicities of the buildings and the smoke. And, and the ones that were chosen for that program and then went through it, their health was improved dramatically as a result. Yeah. So, so it's a good thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it kills okay. cancer cells. I mean, yes. it, it shrinks tumors. It, it kills little cancer cells before you even know that yeah, you have the cancer. Heat, you know, if you have it up high enough. Yeah. 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 So I think those are hugely important to prevent, you know, and to, uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, yeah, it does, cancer.
1: Um, uh, it also helps people with, um, I believe, with heart issues. Mm-hmm. Just, it does something with your arteries. I'm not sure what.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it detoxes those too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. And improves does. your blood pressure. It lowers your blood pressure a
1: little bit. hmm Yeah. Yeah, it was it was part of my protocol with the breast cancer. Mm. I did eight months of it. Wow. Twice, two, three times a week.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah because um, I was estrogen positive and we needed to get the estrogen out of my body too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Denise, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, Um, I really enjoyed talking with you. It's been great.
0: Yes, but you're not off the hook yet. I have one question. I like to ask all of my (laughs) guests. Okay. Um, What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today?
1: Oh, that's a good, that's a really good question. Most pressing health issue. Um, I think that it it all involves stress because then you have a multitude of health issues as a result of it. Um, you know, people are, are, are dying of heart attacks quite. I, I think that the percentage is going up now actually. Um, and then of course we've got cancer. I think those two things, heart attacks and cancer are the most pressing of all of them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think stress kills. Stress causes that adrenal fatigue and causes that domino effect. You gotta reduce stress. Absolutely, yeah. number one thing.
1: And like I said, uh, there, there's there's the g- genetic component that everybody has with them. You can look down your family tree and you can see the different illnesses and, and what your relatives have died from. And that's just kind of a mirror into into what you potentially could be up against yeah. and so you need to look at that and go okay what are the things that i can do so i don't end up like that
0: well i my mother did a lot of our genealogy and a lot of our relatives died of consumption <laughs> <laughs> is that Which, right? an illness i guess they didn't know what it was back in the 1900s so they just uh, called it consumption uh, oh, so <laughs> I, I have to worry about that hopefully <laughs> uh, the infrared sauna helps with consumption
1: uh, i hope so <laughs> You get it there, girl. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what do you tell the listeners, you know, where they can find you, your website, and, you know, where they can get your book, etc.
1: Well, Gut Cancer Now What? It's available on Amazon. It's also a Kindle. It's also on Barnes & Noble. Um, there's, it's also on a, its own website called GutCancerNowWhat.com. And, um, I can be reached at Denise at healthy net if they have any questions.
0: And you do personal consulting with the clients as well. No, I don't. Oh, not anymore. I thought I read that on the website. I'm sorry.
1: No. Um, you know, I have my own radio show called health media now. And, um, you know, I talk with experts in the health field. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. And we have some some great conversations every Wednesday.
0: Oh, we have something in common. <laughs> yes, we do. We, talk, we really about the ex- do. talk to the experts. That's right. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And listeners, if you want to learn more about detoxification and how to heal your health conditions naturally, uh, you can go to my website, liveto110.com. You can also learn about the modern paleo diet, which is my version of paleo. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your support every week tuning in. I love doing this. I love, uh, you know, disseminating this information to you and hope that you learn one thing that helps you improve your health. So thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. Bye-bye.